Friday in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wall. We're at the end. This is the end. There. Gosh, man, I didn't think I was going to get that much of a gap. <laughs> My only friend, the end. I was, letting, I was, I was hearing the, um, the musical interlude before he starts singing. That's why there was a pause. Oh, she. This movie. <laughs> this movie. I gotta say the last two movies have been well we 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 intentionally wanted to steer away from uh sword and sorcery one hundred percent sword and sorcery, so we're like, hey, this is still kind of in the bag because this was a sort of to be recommended thing. We didn't pick it because Tubi Tubi did, but even Tubi was saying, Hey, this is in the same vein what you've been watching. This is more sword and sorcery than the sure. previous movie. Of course. But it's only moments of it. Like we said, we before we got a mic. A pitch video for for yes, a TV for time series. traveling uh, television series, maybe sliders, <laughs> sliders, voyagers. Like I, would, I love yeah. sliders. That was such good. Anyway, but and for me though, it's like the dude does have the John Eric Hexum hair. Yeah, no, hundred percent. The reason that we sort of picked this movie was because of Sandal Bergman, right? Yes. Like, uh-huh. um, you know, and everybody knows Sandal from Conan the Barbarian and uh, Red Sonia. I mean, I guess those are the probably the two things everybody knows her, you know, she's most familiar from. Right. And then she. And she. <laughs> would be third. That, that by the way, the whole opening where it, where it talks about the cancellation, like I'm like, oh, going, yeah, dude. I go, holy shit, the cancellation. <laughs> 20 years after the cancellation. <laughs> like somebody saw something like they're in the future, but. The feature for this was was this ninety seven. This is when it takes place nineteen ninety seven or something. Supposed shit? to be nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think that was that reference to the Terminator. I was, I'm just going to guess, but and Escape from New York, right? Escape like, from New York. That, yeah. 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 They they were they were shooting for that. They were shooting for the stars, man. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, no stars in this one. Like the last, uh, just Sando. I mean, she's just really the only person. I mean, you know, if you, want, I mean, she's a she's an eighties B. Star, I guess. Sure. I would say. She's, you know, she's a person. She's somebody who's in a bunch of movies from the 80s. Some of them better than others. <laughs> There's something to be said about this one, too. The other ones, specifically The Lost Empire, they try to be a sorcerer. A sorcerer does a little bit, too. The intentionally funny stuff, and I'm saying finger quotes around funny, because it, it, they weren't funny. But this one, the moments of of comedy are actually scripted that way, and they're actually very funny. Yes, there's there's a, there's some really funny stuff in this. Yeah, and I'll just I don't want to. Okay, this is one of those ones I'm going to definitely say this about. I there's a there's a moment with the bridge, and it doesn't involve a troll. It's it's the <laughs> it's the funniest thing we've seen all month. Yeah, and 100%. I, and, I, and it's not arbitrary. It's it's right. just inherently. Written that way and very, it's very clever. And uh, yeah, and and the actor, that the, that actor totally sold it. He's mm-hmm. good. I mean, I I I I don't know. I can't remember the character's name, and I I, I can't tell from the descriptions of. And nobody has a picture, uh, uh, so I don't know 
who to be, you know, saying this guy's awesome, but he was great. <laughs> he was great. I don't know, man. Without a picture, uh, it's real hard to figure it out because I've never seen any of these people before or since, except for Sound Albergman. Yeah, because you can't find anybody in this. What's crazy is I, I honestly, I didn't realize that those two dudes were brothers at first. Like they, cause they look nothing alike. And there's the point where he's like, your friend seems, and he goes, my friend's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, so I didn't realize they're supposed to be brothers on a quest. Okay. I didn't know they were brothers either at all. Right. Like it's not very clear and they certainly don't <laughs> no. look or act like brothers. No. And they're, they're trying to save their sister who we only see for like three minutes at the end of the movie. Well, no, we see at the beginning, don't we? When she gets Do snatched, I guess so. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She gets she gets taken in the in the big opening sequence, like in in all of these movies. Very Conan. And this is the first one where, where the first part of the movie actually connects to the back part of the yeah, movie. Totally. The other three don't do that. No. They don't. The, and, and they do that thing. They do that that real movie thing where we see something at the beginning and then we see it at the end. Right. And then there's a barge in there that they use. But Yeah, totally. We see it twice. We see it at the beginning and then they, they end their journey going back on the barge. It's, yeah, I, was, I, I literally thought the same thing. I was like, oh, hey, it's a callback to something we've already seen in the movie. I thought they're going to start crying. Like at the end when he's when he's cranking himself away on the barge, I'm like, oh right, I know. Oh, you guys are crying. <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. Okay, and the reason why it's super funny at that moment is because they got this ballad. There's a rock ballad going on here, dude. And just like with the rest of the movie, <laughs> yeah, the rest of the movie is it's. I'm telling you, man, Meatloaf did the score for this, right? These are like so the poor man's Jim Steinman uh, lyrics. Yeah. And the, Rick Wakeman from the Yes produced this one song in there, and and I'm telling you, this this felt like every band that was playing on Sunset Strip in '84, '83. Dude, absolutely, <laughs> every one of them. It's so rough. I was surprised at how well well worn this movie is by a lot of people that are recognizable in literature. Oh yeah, and in in films. After I was done watching it. I was reading this article about how uh, on the Wikipedia, excuse me, that, that Neil Gaiman had wrote a review for the movie. <laughs> so that was yeah, like, no kidding. Well, the story in the sorcery then the previous movie was unquote just bad enough to be very funny for those willing to ignore the fact that the plot, the acting, direction are all plan nine from out of space standard. I'm not for anyone who likes throwing popcorn at the screen. Man, there you go. I don't want to go see a movie with Neil Gaiman. It's not like he throws shit no. at the screen. <laughs> Yeah, dude, come on. I mean, I've read some of his stuff. It ain't that exciting either. I'm just saying, don't throw stones or stone popcorn, dude. But yeah, amazing score. I mean, the score is just ridiculous. And I thought it was just like, because we've all month we've been listening to music. And, and the thing I found most funny about it was I made the crack to you about meatloaf scoring the thing. And there's a montage in this when they're, and it's the, it's the scene I didn't want to give away to anybody, but they're preparing. And boy, if there was a time for that kind of music to be played would be right there. And there's nothing, yep. <laughs> there's no music. Right. Like they ran out. Or they like, oh, hey, we only have 18 musical cues and then we have to pay more. Dude, this movie was also released on Christmas Day, 1985. You know, we always talk about movies that release on Christmas Day. Yeah. Well, here's one of them. In 85. 1985. 
it's a weird one, right? This is, we, we talk about how quickly movies were, could turn around these days, but in 84, it would take like a year for a movie to come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, even big studio stuff, but it's usually tied to, I don't know, effects or things like that that don't exist in this movie. Sure. There's not a lot of effects in this movie. I, I mean, have, the, I, yeah. There's some glowing green eyes and, you know, some other hocus pocus that we've seen in the other three movies. But for the most part, everything is done. Um, I got to say, you know, it's one of the things that's kind of inspired. This made me, it, it is the costuming of the Norks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of it looks really cool. And then when you get too close to it, it kind of looks like stuff you would buy at the Halloween store. But then you have to realize there was no Halloween store then. Like the end when they're all storming out of the, you know, out of the castle and, <laughs> and it turns full Monty Python. Okay. I want to talk about something real quick. We, we talked about cults and things like that in the previous movie. There's swastikas in this earlier on. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what's going on? Is this, are you not even trying? Are, are these Nazis or these neo-Nazis? I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Then later on, it's hammer and sickle time. What the? Yep. It was 84. It, so. Yeah. So that, let's take all these things that are anti-American and these are the bad guys. Yep. I think it's exactly what it was. <laughs> and I feel like like the some of the swastikas were sprayed backwards. The, uh, there was a, Obviously. A, a few of those on the buildings. Yeah. When like I, I was like, did, I'm not sure if it was an accident. <laughs> now, now was, yeah. When did that happen, by the way? Uh, no idea. Yeah. As soon as you see a backward swastika, I'm like going, damn, that's a Warren Downey Jr. thing. But as soon as you see it, you're like, what is this shit? Yeah. Yeah. The Norks. I mean, this is definitely a quest movie through and through as far as like, like a video, most like a video game out of all the movies. No, dude, this is like a Dungeons and Dragons weird hybrid. Like if you mashed it up with, you know, some sort of cyberpunk version of Dungeons and Dragons. It's wacky. It is wacky. That's a good, that's that's a great way to describe it. This is a wacky movie. It's a wacky movie. Hey, the big plus though, out of all four movies, this one actually matches the poster best. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Absolutely. You look at this and you see exactly what you're getting in the movie. And the brothers you mentioned, and I wanted, I meant to say this earlier, I didn't know the one guy's name was Dick until I looked it up on IMDb. <laughs> I didn't know what his name is. It's, no. t- it's Tom and Dick. Tom and Dick. It's like, I think he took like a, that, you know, a kid's first reader out of the off of somebody's bookshelf. Sure. And they said, all right, well, what's her name? Her name's she. Oh, what's his name? Um, that's Tom and um, that's Dick. And then the rest of the names are, I don't want to say unusual or nutty or anything like that, but I mean, Hector, that's that Gordon Mitchell that was playing Hector, by the way. So he's one other person he recognizes, but he's like low key character actor for these kind of movies. Is Dick the one who looks like, <laughs> he looks like poor man's Patrick Dempsey? Gordon is the, he's the military. He's the one, he's the right-hand man, Mr. Security oh, gotcha. Guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's the one that looks like a army archer a little bit. Gordon Mitchell, yes. that That's the, but I'm saying, uh, I feel like one of the two brothers, one of them, the one with the dark hair and the beard looks like Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, that's that's Dick. That's Dick, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And yeah. Then, David Goss is Tom. Right. And the only reason I know that is because I hear Tom a whole bunch of times. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't know that. Where's Tom? His name was Dick. Where's Tom? Tom, oh, Tom, 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 Tom. That's something, by the way, too. If you're into into having that drinking game from the Lost Boys and they're in drinking a drink, anytime somebody yeah, says man. Michael, Tom is your word. Tom is the name. 
Yeah. You won't get as drunk by the first, at the end of the first act as you do with the Lost Boys, but you get pretty damn close. Yeah, you can get shit-faced. Yeah. Just, just pick a harder booze. Just pick a bigger, better spirit. This movie is so crazy because it, it's like, literally, I feel like you're getting like three movies for the price of one. <laughs> yes. But they're somehow all connected, unlike the other movies that uh, we watched, which are all enjoyable. And I got to say, this is a good way to end. And we kind of picked it to go last because it, we thought it would be uh, different enough from... The other three. Right. But you know, what's funny, man, is this thing does exist on Blu-ray. It does. Yeah. If you'd like to pick it up, we'll drop that in the show notes. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. This is the kind of movie I feel like if you like this kind of movie, you'd want to maybe watch this more than once. I would watch this. I would, like I say, I always like to pair them. I would pair this with Nemesis maybe. Yeah, I can feel that. Just, just for the hell of it. Or maybe split second. (laughs) I'm 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 on Kino's website right now, and those are supposed to be werewolves. What in the castle? I mean, in the the prairie, and that's supposed to be werewolves. I thought they were just like vampires and they're or just ghouls or something. I didn't know what the fuck they were. They're werewolves. I'm reading about it right now. The people with the glowing green eyes. No, no the the people like when they're having their little. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's a cult, but they're sitting around. Um, you know, eating and drinking and stuff, and they all having their big like sleep sleepover. Yeah. yeah, they're werewolves. Oh well, see that's interesting. That makes it even cooler. Yeah, I had no idea. Because I mean, yeah, they start growling and stuff. I just thought they were ghouls because all right, well, they're running around in the daytime, so they're not that they're not vampires. Right. Um, wow. All right. Well, see that that that's just another level to the awesomeness. See, <laughs> and that one guy, the one main guy, when he gets his growl. His his dentures almost pop out because they're clearly oh, not yeah, made no for doubt. him. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his appliance is not it's not staying in very well. No, um, but hey, I'm excited to see his Blu-ray now because Avi Nesher has a brand new interview he did for that when it's got released oh, in fantastic. 2019. This is like yeah, that released only like three and a half years ago. Wow, I might need to pick that up, but not at 17.97. Half off, half off. One of those Kino sales that we have 500 times yeah, a year. Yeah, sure. Also, Red Sonia is available on 4K. Good for it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You know what? This movie, look, dude, Sandel Bergman, I forgot, is she's also in a fantastic little movie called The Hell Comes to Frogtown with Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. Yeah, man. Dude, she's in this other movie that I've, I've only seen once in a long time ago. And I remember it being awesomely, terribly bad called Program to Kill. Oh, was she like, it's like, she's like she's the like Terminator, a, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, yes. She's like a terrorist that they capture and then they reprogram her. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's, it's so, yeah. But she, you know, but here's the thing. She always, she always walks away from all these movies with her dignity intact as, as an actress. She's not bad at all. There's raw nerve. She's done a bunch of like fun sort of really B movies. This movie, dude, I, werewolves. Holy shit. I would have never, ever. No. Had, it's never explained that I would have never picked that up. Unless no. I, yeah, until I just, until you just told me. You learn something new every day. That's why we rewatch these things. <laughs> and you can't find any of that information. I know, but look, at, it says Toga wearing werewolves on the Wikipedia. I, I, again, it's not, it's not, it's clear to other people, but apparently I, not to me, <laughs> not to me, man. It wasn't, I do it. I totally missed that. I'm like, how, how, how did I miss that? Out of the four movies, this one, I made reference to the poster already, but it sells, you get what is being sold on the poster. Yeah. Which is great. 
I, it, but like, man, seriously, the third act, we made references already. It feels like a TV show, like, like a greatest hits of a TV show kind of thing. And here's where we spent the rest of our money on our pitch. And here's the whole third act. It was like, because it was very, it didn't feel like it was missing anything. No, 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 no. The other pieces feel like they kind of stumble through bits. Like later in, in another episode, you'll see the werewolf people. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it's weird. Like now that you say that, it's like, cause it certainly feels like, cause there, there's a weird bunch of weird little bits going on. Like there's that bit and they're in that house with the pool and it's, it's very Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, Roman Roman bathhouse kind of vibe yeah. going on. And then they end up in the forest and there's a strange man in a tutu. That, and I love when she goes, are you a man or a woman? And then she checks. <laughs> right? That whole thing with the woods and the green smoke, more, more green yeah. smoke, by the way. More green smoke. That felt like time bandits. Yes, 100%. I was just going to say, it felt very much like Time Bandits. And dude, when they're in the laboratory with the guy who's yeah. dressed up like John Adams wearing a 1984 Texas Rangers plastic helmet. Remember those helmets? Remember we used to those helmets all the time dude, in games? Yes. And if you took out the if you took out the adjustable thing and your buddy put it on your head, you'd slap his head and the things would poke him in the top of the head. Yeah, the big hole. <laughs> the yeah, you put, you put some holes in your buddy's head. <laughs> I was like, I know how to defeat that guy. Just go up and smack him on top of that Rangers helmet. But that whole bit feels very time banditsy, right? Like it right. feels like, like when they're in hell and that you're David, the the ultimate evil, you know, the, the, dude, and they're trapped. They're they're on scales in plastic bags, but yet they have to burn the fucking place down to melt the plastic because they yeah. just rip through it. Yeah, I, I I couldn't stop laughing. I actually give them credit to you. They did, they, they did a nice setup to see the plastic melting in front of the people. No, totally. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, you can't safety. They, bo- <laughs> they both look terrified, though. Where's the safety <laughs> officer? Where's the FSO? It's so bad, dude. Because like, I, And I kept thinking, you know what? You're, you're not going to burn alive. You're going to pass out from inhaling all this toxic fumes and stuff from this melting plastic that, that you got from God knows where because you're shooting this in Italy. Right. Yeah, that's a rough scene with that that whole part, and <laughs> she's rocking that thing, dude. <laughs> it all looks dangerous. Uh, yeah. We also mentioned this one was longer than the other ones. This one actually, I didn't feel like they drag anything. I didn't feel like anything was in this was just stuck in there to make it longer. I mean, it's a hundred and six minutes, so it's an hour and forty six minutes, and but it feels like it is not like yeah. in a bad way, but it, yeah. Yeah. The the pluses of this movie, like, like again, it, what is, what is fun about it is you do feel a quest, right? Right. You're on a quest. Right. It's, it's like any D and D campaign from when you're a kid playing D and D there's something, there's some crazy event that happens and then your warriors are assembled and they meet and maybe they don't, they don't get along at first. And then by necessity, they sort of have to pony up all to like sort of, right the wrongs and, you know, they all end up on the same quest together. And we find out that their quest is all the same quest, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a nice job of that because, you know, the, the <laughs> when they're captured by the girls at the beginning, by she and her sidekick, uh, Shonda. <laughs> is that her name? Shanda? Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Like the guys who are, you know, chained to the rock, like they're waiting for the Kraken to come down and get them. 
Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of chanting people. She, she, I mean, I'm not really sure what's going on in that portion. No. And then I'm not really ever, I was never really clear why she let them escape or turn them loose. I, I guess that she felt, you know, the, 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 we're, we're trying to save our sister quest touched her heart. <laughs> That's what it was. But it doesn't matter because look, later on they're all buddies and they're riding together and it's a good times right up till the end when we get to the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. But it does. It feels like, you know, here's some episodes. Here's what this will look like. Here's <laughs> here's this map. Here's the second episode. And here's the finale. And they, you're right. They did not cheap out at the end of the movie, which no. was, is shocking because usually these kind of movies literally fall apart in the third act because no one gives a shit. Yeah. I was trying my best to try to figure out what it was about Tom that made him look so familiar. You know, you got your Patrick Dempsey playing his brother. He looks like he was one of the surfers in Big Wednesday. That would that's pretty good. <laughs> he looks like he could be that that awful stand-in that William Cat had on Greatest American Hero. <laughs> he might be because uh, one of these girls, Quinn Quinn Kessler, Shonda, was on an episode of Greatest yeah. American Hero. Yeah, she was. Who knows, dude? Apparently he was on Simon and Simon. You know what it looks like? He looks like everybody else that was in this town in 84. <laughs> All four of these movies have a guy that looks like that. Yeah. He's the more sort of, you could see this dude in, in you know, in, if you were making a movie about surfing, this guy would be like, you'd have him on the beach with his, you know, his curly locks and his. Yeah, he would be the guy that they would, they would cast as a quarterback who does not know how to throw a football. I don't well, know. maybe he does know how to throw a football, but just uh, they'd have to run it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to throw. They'd have to. Set, they'd have to have somebody throwing it to him and him catching it with one hand. There you go. That's how you do it. You know, this one surprised me. There was no sequel. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm, it's really weird that there isn't a sequel to this because this seems like out of all of them, the most primed for a sequel. We mentioned earlier about, about Rick Wakeman's involvement in the score, at least for like the one song in it that sounds like you can, when you hear music in this, it sounds like it's not, not great mixes, but you can, if you feel like demos, that's what you feel like. If you feel like demos and that's, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Like if they make music just for this movie, they're not going to turn right around and actually, I don't know, re-record everything because they don't have money for that. Right. But Rick Wakeman already mentioned from Yes. Phil Campbell was a guitar player for Motorhead. Right. He was involved in it. And then Justin Hayward from Moody Blues. So there's like three guys that aren't necessarily up front in the bands that they're in. But it's interesting that they all got together and wrote some music in this because it does does feel like somebody's demo. It feels like somebody's demo that they would do in between records and this is what we want to record when... Yeah, when uh, the new, when it's time for this for the records company to pay for us to go into a studio, that's what it feels like, and it's fitting considering the movie. It works, it works well. What I was saying during the last episode, I was saying, God, dude, all you need is like an industrial like Rob Zombie or like Ministry score. And like, can you imagine? And then, and then we kind of got the '80s version of that right. in this movie. Right. What's so cool about it was this is supposed to take place in '97. You know, and that's already past the point where industrial was really starting to had right. reached its pinnacle and it was sliding on the backside. What we get, we get, we get the, the most eight, 1983, 84 music you can possibly have that doesn't have synthesizers in it, right? Right. There was one point where I swear to God, dude, I was like, is that Alcatraz? <laughs> Yeah, like you, you right? Like there, there's like this like Ingve kind of riff, and then then this singing. I'm like, is that Julian Turner? <laughs> 
Uh, no, apparently it's Phil Campbell. Well, there you go. Phil Campbell. God Phil bless Campbell. you, Phil. Yeah. You sounded like Joe and Turner for, you know, two measures. I will, I will say this about this movie it, where like, I feel like the costumes and stuff are believable. Like there's a point where Sandal with her little headband on it, she still looks very like eighties aerobics classic. I think it's the hair, right. but it's also it's her body. She's like got a dancer's body dude. And she's like, you know, and, they, and you're really seeing her. She's super lithe. And to their credit, Quinn Kessler also. So, the, you know, these girls look like they could actually move and they do have some athletic ability yeah. as opposed to the girls in the last movie, which ju- they just kind of looked like. You can tell there's rehearsal, like that that big melee yeah. at the end. You can tell these these they actually rehearsed. Yeah, there was some rehearsal. There's a lot of, there's rehearsal. There was, you know, there was some sort of fight coordinator. Yeah. Again, this movie, dude, I, more than any of the other ones, I, I would, I, if I could go back in time, dude, I would, and I had, I, I would go back in time. I would green light a sequel to this movie. Cause it needs one. Yeah. I feel there's many, many unanswered questions I have about the adventures <laughs> of she and what happens to them after. Like the ending. I don't get the ending. No. Yeah. I was left, uh, I was left wanting more. You know, what killed me was the girl who I think maybe plays his sister. She's the one who poisons them or dopes them at the beginning. <laughs> oh yeah, when they're at their house, you know, she's at there at the house and she's like making like whatever. And obviously, both of them are—I don't know what they're looking at, but like literally, she just takes a piece of poison and throws it right on the top of. Okay, the, that's and doesn't even cook it into the food. She just throws it in like one of them, and they both happen to eat it. That's the moment that I sent the video to you where. Right, she's over there doing something, and then she turns, and there's this jump cut, and it's like. Like what the fuck did I just did my stream just fuck up and I'm no, no I just it it's the movie there's just footage they don't have the coverage it's so I've never seen something that deliberate before no she just all of a sudden she's like ten feet away from him and the next thing you know she's like right there I'm right here right I dude I love the fact that he wakes up and he's chained in the little pig pig pen inside the house that that whole opening is so bizarre though when we were first introduced to she and her. I don't want to say her village. Posse. But because yeah. <laughs> here, here's the thing I, I, I'm just curious about. When does she become into she, Tom? Yeah. Be, like when is she like, when does she soften up? We've already seen what kind of, what kind of leader she is. Sure. She hasn't heard his sob story yet. So why does she like, there's something about him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Here's the thing I, I wanted to talk. I totally forgot. First of all, I'm going to say that Shonda, not the greatest bodyguard in the world. Uh, how does no. she let she go into that room by herself where they've got all those um, gladiators in crates? Yeah. And how long have they been in those crates? Right. Also, you know, it's weird about this. I, I was just thinking about it now that I'm remembering that scene. There's a very JF Sebastian's toys uh, vibe to a lot of the, the costumes and the, uh, and these like these guys coming out of boxes. I wasn't sure if they were real or not. Or if they were like some kind of weird wind-up toys that were made by some crazy post-apocalyptic robot maker. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That's another movie in this movie. When she does go into that thing, and she, she does something and she comes back out, right? Yeah. Uh, so what, All cut what, up. She's been sliced up four times. Yeah, well, why didn't Chandra go in there with her? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was it like a cave where she's like, no, legend says you must go in by yourself. Yeah. I was like, did I miss something? Did I miss a thing? It's like a rite of passage, like only you can enter. <laughs> I'll wait out here. There was none of that. So I, I don't know why she didn't go in. 
Was she not available to work that day? We're missing that insert shot of a sign to explain to her what she's about to do. Something I danger. <laughs> I'd go back if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Wizard of Oz again, dude. She watches three different boxes. Well, two different boxes break open. And what does she do when she doesn't get done beating one of them? She backs up against one of them. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? Because it's a TV show. Put your back to the wall. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's not a wall. It's a box full of, you know, synthetic uh, gladiators. <laughs> yeah, at least, you know, at least there was no confusion about what was going on. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think it was misdirection, right? You're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I was waiting for that little dick-nosed <laughs> right? JF Sebastian puppet to come out. Like, Because one of them was almost like that. The last one that she fucking sticks in the rib cage. <laughs> right. Like when they're waltzing in there, and then there's just the two of them, and they're, they're having a slow dance, and then she knifes him in the armpit. It's such a weird... So I think that's why those moments kind of feel kind of discombobulating for the from the third act. Cause it feels like the third act came from a completed movie and the other parts didn't. Sure. Like maybe the pieces, maybe they just needed, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they shot the movie and then all those, they're like, ah, you know, that the journey is not very exciting. And then they went back and shot just weird random bits or something. This, this to me doesn't seem like this idea I'm about to present doesn't seem like something that uh, wouldn't be, uh, would be an uncommon thing back with limited funds. Hey, we got no movie if you don't have an ending. So they shoot, they spend all their money on the ending. Right. And then they know like, hey, we have to get from here to here. So we have to do the, the barge thing. So we'll book in everything with the barge thing and everything else is just what they have left over with money. Sure. I mean, it feels like because like, that's all the money we have. And the like, you know, the freshly spray painted walls. Yeah, dude. There was one point when they're when they when they come into the Nork city and they walk past. Uh, there's a fucking kind of burned out car that looks like someone wiped their ass all over it. Right. I don't know if you recall that, but it's yes. like the, everything is wet and it literally is maybe the worst age job I've ever seen because it literally just looks like somebody went into the gump and fucking dipped some paintbrushes and just wiped shit on that car. <laughs> like the windows, the side of it. Yeah, it looks like it's just covered in feces. The whole yeah, car, totally. it's like so it gross. Does. Like a dragon shit on it. <laughs> Tell you said something I forgot about that whole that whole sequence. Oh, by the way, so when they can run up and they kind of like duck behind the car and then the camera pans over to see other people, like yes. the guards, I'm like, there's no fucking way those guys didn't see the two of them. No, right. Because <laughs> they're only like 25, 30 feet, no, 20 yards away or whatever it is. And yeah, not even that there's far. Like, there's like a dozen of them. There's like, there's no way they didn't see them. Oh, look, there's two strangers over hanging up by our poo car. Hey, they're over there by the shit wagon. What's going on? <laughs> eh, look, there, there's, there, uh, I'm not going to get nitpicky. It's a, The movie is what it is. I, this is this isn't being nitpicky. This just this no. was just no, no, what I'm about to say is general curiosity. It's 23 years after the cancellation. I'm guessing when the yeah. where the the a bomb blew up. I'm guessing because that's kind of what they, they when you see the Earth from far away at the beginning, they have a, a sound effect where something blows up, and you're I'm like, oh, I guess that's their cheap way of saying everybody nuked each other. I, I don't right. I don't know because that was a common theme yeah. in '84, right? I think that yeah, that's definitely the theme. If the Russians love their children too, you got to hope. All right. So 23 years later, it's from 84 to 1997. It's been 23 years. How long does spray paint last in a can? Uh, not long. The aerosol eventually leaks out, right? I mean, dude, I got, I got, I got, a, I got, I bet you I got 20 cans in my garage that have been, that don't work. 
And they haven't been in there for twenty years. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was and I wasn't yeah. and I wasn't trying to be like a nitpicky. I was like going. Nah. I was just I was just wondering. Am I going to? I said I I, I didn't know. I'm, you go out there and freshen up this one. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, man! Also, the more I look at these uh, stills from the movie, yeah. that dude Tom looks like like Red Brown. <laughs> Little bit. Like a little bit, like he could be Reb Brown's younger brother. That's what I was saying. He looks like everybody else that came into town. Yeah. Yeah, so when Greg Sneegoff, he's the glowing eyes guy, when he's got her on the bed, he's like, I'm going to break her arm. I'm like, man, the way he's holding her, he was he was about he was to, close break to break her arm. Absolutely. It's so bad. Dude, he looks like a cross between Blackie Dammit and Ben Stiller. <laughs> yes. Is, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at this picture and I cannot... Dude, I, I mean, I don't know. That's just what he looks like. Oh, my favorite, one of my favorite shots in the movie, right, is the uh, beginning of the movie when they're when they're rolling into the village and the two brothers are walking and they walk by the table that looks like the craft service table. Yeah. With all the breakfast cereals and shit. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, oh, I, oh, it's post-apocalyptic. I get it. And then, um, but I got to say, like, that opening sequence isn't that bad. It's pretty, it's pretty hilarious. It's right out of Conan. Yes. But. It's the motorcycles and the fucking, the crazy costumes and all of it really kind of sells. Yeah. But again, I feel like there's no Xena without this movie. No. If this is all Xena. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, this is this is the most Xena out of all of them, out of everything we watched. And I think that's why the, the, the Tom and Dick aspect of it rem- reminds me of Voyagers is because it looks like, well, that the the little guy that looks like Patrick Dempsey, he kind of looks like uh was, was Mina, right? Wasn't that Mina? Punky Brewster's brother? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other guy has a John Eric Hexman thing about him, right? It's a, yeah, I totally. get a little, you can feel that as other than Hercules on Xena. All the dudes on that show are like complete idiots. Yep. And by the way, Dick. Dick's supposed to be there for comic relief. He's not funny. He's, he's not funny. You can t- <laughs> no, I needed more of that guy on the bridge. That guy was the comic relief. Seriously, he was great. Did you notice the the Nork version of the swastika that's up, up above the uh, giant spare tire throne in the in the gladiator room? No. Oh, dude. I yeah, just it, I was so too busy focused on the hammer and sickle. I didn't I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, it's it's super weirdly. It looks like um, it looks like two battle axes. <laughs> it's. I was like, okay, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Still, the Norks are never really explained, which is fine. I don't need it. I don't need them to be explained. No. I just need to know those are the bad guys. There's a couple things in this that really I fucking love. I love that weird shot of them where they're having dinner, like in the Nork compound and in the table set and it's got that very recognizable uh, i forget what kind what is that china called you know what i'm talking about it's that blue and white china and it's got this sort of english countryside uh landscapes on the china it's super dude my grandma had it and it made me laugh so hard i was like wow that shit it's like pristine i was like how did that survive the cancellation all those beautiful dishes what you mean i mean when that's that when dick was like going fuck this i'm i'm scarfing and he just yeah (laughs) shows no decorum and just started just chowing just chowing down like because he didn't learn a fucking thing he didn't learn the last time he went and just went to some stranger's home just started eating he fucking passed that he woke up next to to a pig whoopsie whoops Sorry. Poor Dick. Yeah, poor Dick. <laughs> See Dick locked up next to pigs. 
she, man. She, yeah. She. Look, you could do worse. We we did. We have done worse. But I got to say, all four movies were pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I did after we watched those two Cynthia Rothrock movies. No, and I, and I felt like maybe we might have been doing these too close to those. But no, I think it was fine because these are so yeah. Uh, unlike those other movies, and I guess you, I guess in a lot of ways, even though even though there was two B recommendations or freebie recommendations, all four of these movies were recommended after the first one. We didn't pick them that way. We already picked them, right? We picked them before, but, but it was weird how it, it followed suit, and and they had selected all, all those similar movies or the like movies. All four of these movies were recommended to us, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Unlike our to be or not to be month, these got progressively better and those got progressively worse. Yeah, totally. Of course, the irony is that we didn't watch them in chronological release order, but it's still, we picked this one last because it was the longest and we thought, hey, this has got the most recognizable face out of the four movies. Yep. This is a good place to end it on, especially when she's what she's most recognizable for. And that's kind of the theme this month or, yeah. you know, women badasses with swords, basically. Right. So. I read on the box cover, dude, the one thing I loved about this, this movie, the, what I saw this movie for other than Sandal Bergman back in the day was because of the box from Lightning Video. And it's in the, right, Sandal Bergman tempted Conan, and now she's ready to take on the world. <laughs> you know what it reminds me, that one sheet reminds me of? What if Rollerball was a... Yes. Right? Yes. Exactly. A hundred percent. And we're dude. talking, this, we're talking what, con... The James Conn one. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there is no other rollerball. Is no, there? there isn't. Yes, this looks just like the rollerball. It might be the same artist, Could be. too. I got to look that up. Yeah, later. very similar. But yeah, man, uh, what a good way to end. And, and the thing was, it came out, it was made in 84, but it didn't come out until 85. Right. So here we are again, inadvertently. 1985, by accident. Somehow we've worked our way back to 1985. Isn't that magic? There you go, man. 1984 or 85, take your pick. She, Sandal Bergman. Yes. Damn it. Blu-ray. On uh, on Blu-ray from our friends at Kino. Yeah. Or you can watch this on Or you can watch Tubi. it for free on Tubi. With their wonderful, uh, here's your ad breaks. I aren't really ad breaks. This one actually, out of the four movies, this is the only one that didn't do that to me. Well, granted, one was on freebie, but the other two, right. they're on Tubi, didn't do that. They did that thing where it goes to black for like 10 seconds and then it comes back. No. Anyway, socials at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta. In Letterboxd, following Corey on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp and on Insta, it's Culprit97. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at Tom, Shonda, Dick, She, and Hari at Letterboxd.com. One of those, you'll find me, possibly. That's the Neil Simon sequel to this. <laughs> <laughs>